Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today's Saturday, 9.47 a.m. I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on, man? Hey, I am pumped about Pokemon. Yeah, and of course, right as we start the podcast, people are trimming the lawn out there and doing all of their landscaping work for the convenience of recording. But we're going to push through, Ryan. And you know what? We have a packed show today. And uh, I like to think that this is actually going to be one of our greatest episodes. We're going to turn it up a notch. All right. The previous 46 episodes were utter shit. Shots! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Utter shite for our European listeners. We're culturally culturally sensitive on Otaku Brothers, Ryan. Are we? We are. But we got a packed show. I didn't get that memo. (laughs) First of all, Ryan has a birthday coming up. Yes. Turns 37 next month. Yes. And, uh... Close nice to little, getting over the hill. Nice little box here for you, Ryan. Actually, you're not you're not actually turning 37, but that's correct. Your your job has aged you as such. That is very correct. So, <laughs> I uh, I saw this up for pre order about two months ago. I pre ordered it immediately because I knew when your birthday was because you I'm care. a good brother in law. I'm and sorry to say I don't know when your birthday is. Whenever Lauren tells me it is. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. Just like about Father's it. Day, I didn't know it was next weekend, but apparently it is. It is, and both of well, I guess. Your father's in town. Mine's leaving me. Yeah, and He's, Lauren left because she's the shitty daughter. Yeah, she's she went to Japan to visit her other man. Yeah, Lauren, I'm aware. Just stop pretending. Yu-Gi-Oh. But Yugi. anyway, yeah. Anyways, I'm really excited for you to open this gift. You're gonna open it here live on the podcast. You have not seen what it is. You don't know what it is. No. It released June 4th on Amazon. I was up for pre-order. I pre-ordered it. It got in the mail. I sent it to my dad's house because when I ordered it, we were still living at our old place. By the way, I assembled two shelving units uh, yesterday. Yes. And go on my Twitter, Lewis 2011 for the photographs of our bookshelf, which includes most of Lauren's books, but the bottom two are mostly mine. I have my comic book collection, some of my Stephen King books, and uh, my graphic novels. So, good and it's stuff. alphabetized like a nerd. The books are not. The books are... Um, by height, because I didn't want to alphabetize them, because then the heights of the books would be off, and it would really my OCD would kind of no get that go nuts. But on the left side, we got my movies and games. So my PS4 games on the top shelf. Then we got the Disney movies on the second, anime and kind of the my kids TV shows on the third shelf. Like you know, Hey Arnold, Wild Thornberries, Littlefoot in the uh, Land Before Time movies. What's mm-hmm. up? Fourth shelf, we got superhero movies and kind of like my movie collections, like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, all that good stuff. And then bottom shelf is miscellaneous Blu-rays. So good stuff. Nice. Ryan, without further ado, you want to open this gift? Yes. All right, let's do it. Any um, predictions? Uh, well, you said it was released June f- whatever. Yeah, it's been out for a long time, though. I have no idea. I have a box cutter for you. Thank you. Yes. The one that you got through the uh, airport? Yeah, somehow I made it through Atlanta and back to Columbus with that in my pocket. I wasn't trying to bring it on a plane, but security didn't get it. So TSA, be better. I'm afraid putting a knife towards me. Yeah. Ryan uh, loses fingers on the top of the... It's just like 30 minutes of me screaming. (laughs) You ready for this? 
Yes. Dragon Ball. It is the complete manga series of the OG Dragon Ball. Oh, All awesome. 16 novels in one oh, giant cow. collector's box. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Look at the front with little child oh, Goku and And, and you Krillin. ordered for yourself the... The DVDs. Collected DVD collection. I did do that. Here. Mm. Unfortunately, it was... Uh, delivered yesterday, the DVDs, but it was not on my doorstep. So I emailed the seller on eBay, and he said he sent it. And he's, like, freaking out. He's really worried that I was going to give him bad feedback, which I'm not. I'll give it a day. I'll go to the post office and figure out if it went to a different address. Dude, in... He's pulling off the plastic, but... Yeah, sorry for your ears. Oh... Don't knock over your water bottle. I'm trying to unplug my mic again. Oh, like, dude, that's so awesome. The oh, red spines. That is beautiful. Brings back memories of going to Borders and... Oh, my gosh. Getting my... It looks so neat. I don't want to... Dragon Ball anything. novels. Yeah, open up the first one. See what it's like. Oh, I always forget that they read it backwards. Nice, fresh pages. Oh, <laughs> smell of books. <laughs> I've... Uh, I wish there was, you know, new cars, cologne, new book, cologne. Yeah, book, new book smell? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at this. It's already got nudity, like three pages in. Look at that. Mm. Oh, naked Goku. Look at the yeah. nads. Good stuff, this man. This is so good. Thank well, you. You're welcome. Enjoy it, man. I need to buy a bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Now. Well, you could probably fit it on your other bookshelf right now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I do have room. That is awesome. Thank you very much. You are so welcome. Enjoy it, man. Dude, you know what we should do? What's that? Today, hunt down your eBay purchase that went awry, and we should listen to the, or watch that as we play a game tonight. We should. So the plan for tonight, since Lauren's gone, is... Hoorah! Yeah, what's up? Is to bring out my second TV, put it on like a little uh, um, something, just kind of elevate it a bit. Ryan and I are actually going to play Demon Souls on PS3 for the first time today. And we're going to pass the controller for each death. Pause while the lawnmower man passes us. Just screw you guys. You Seriously. You riding lawnmowers. But it should be good times. We might play some uh, Lord of the Rings Conquest because yes. that's impossible single player. And it should be good times. We'll order some food, watch Dragon Ball, die a lot in Demon Souls. Sounds great. So should be good times. But, Ryan, leading up to E3, there's always lots of leaks. I mentioned this on the podcast last week. So we're going to get to that later in the episode. I told you yesterday, since we didn't really have an actual topic, I said, dude, bring whatever you want to the table, probably regrettably, after the end of this episode. I'll be regretting that. But I told Ryan to do whatever he wanted to do and surprise me with questions or whatever else he wants to talk about. So that'll be in the back half of the episode. Travis, executive producer of the show, of course, came in strong with an email, and he wrote in with his top 10 favorite childhood games growing up. And then he also wrote in with his, I guess, the past 10 years favorite games. I haven't read the email yet, so I'm not sure if he included the more recent favorite games, but I know for sure he included, let me make sure I'm, yes. Okay, so he included both. So we'll go through all that. But what I did last night, I stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning, and was listening to some good tunes, 
and I was figuring out my top 10 childhood games. Nice. So I'll be talking about that later in the show as well. Good should be good stuff. Like I said, we got a packed show for you. But first of all, I put an Instagram query out there, as I usually do on Fridays. And what I'm going to try and do is each week have a different kind of unique question to kind of just get more community involvement. Because this is a community-driven show. Always mm-hmm. has been, always will be. And the purpose in this is to even people that don't listen to the show can write in with their responses to these random questions. But um, the question I asked was, and I'm reading this verbatim, ask us a question for the podcast or tell us your favorite Disney and why. So I, I didn't specify Disney movie and that sarcastic bastard Chronolink91, Alec, hello, sir. I know he's listening. He <laughs> wrote in, and let me get back to the answers here. And his response to that was, my favorite Disney? Probably Walt. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Alec, for what that. What an asshole. He says, oh, you mean Disney movie. Traditional animation, he says, Beauty and the Beast. CG animation, probably Tangled. He says, I found myself a lot more emotionally affected by that one. Live action, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it. And he says, if we include Pixar, give it up to The Incredibles. Great, Very nice. Great choices, great choices. Travis writes in, and he says, classic, Robin Hood. Childhood, Emperor's New Groove. Contemporary, Moana. All excellent choices. I love Moana. Soundtrack in that movie is incredible. The best. Mason, friend of the show, says, Great Mouse Detective has to be my favorite. Not sure why. I've never heard of that. But just is. Or Newsies is also great. Really? With, uh, what's his face from Batman? Kevin Conroy? No, the guy who played Batman. Um, there's a lot of them. Okay, the newest one. Um, Not a Twilight guy, but the one before him. The Silver Fox. What's his name? George Clooney. Um, the Newsies. It's a bunch of like New York newsboys, and there's Crutchy, and he he has crutches because he's injured for some reason. Oh, and they sing and dance in the streets. In the musical home. In the music, in this musical, homeless New York City newsboy Jack Cowboy Kelly, Christian Bale, befriends two newcomers to his trade, brothers David and Les Jacobs. When publisher Joseph Pulitzer sets new rules yeah. that make it harder for the young newspaper salesman to make a buck, the boys become male strippers. This doesn't sound like a Disney. Oh, this God, is. I love that scene. This is the plot to Magic Mike. Well, okay, we're moving his on. Legs. We're moving on. Newsies haven't seen it. Interesting choice, Mason. And then Chronolink91 asks another question. He says, because you showed Lauren's favorite manga, what is yours? Love Hina is great. I'm a big fan of Trigun. I remember reading that back in the day. That was an excellent manga. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, of course, is always a go-to. Really enjoyed Sandland. That was incredible. I think it was just a one-manga book run, and it was written by Akira Toriyama, had a very Mad Max Borderlands feel to it. Excellent read. Wow, that was really good, just thinking back on that. Remember the, the cover was really cool, too. Sandland, Akira Toriyama. How do you remember all these Japanese names? You work for a Japanese company. You should do better. I, I should. Yeah. Uh, Sandland. But I, it's really just the last name and a son, so it makes it easy. I might need to order this. That's an excellent book. Cool. Check so, out Sandland if you haven't. That's a really good and one. Newsies. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> if you do anything, and you taking away from this episode, yeah. Up the air still on Ryan. 
entertain the listeners. All right, I will play some Newsies music. No, please don't. <laughs> Let's see. Carry the banner. <laughs> I'm so right. sorry, listeners. This is what happens He's when back. I give Ryan the reins for the podcast. Bad. Bad things happen. Really bad things. Thanks for writing into the Instagram. Ryan, do you want to get into Travis's email? Yeah, that or games we've been playing recently. Uh, yeah, we can do that first. What are you been right, playing this well, week? Well, that'll segue into Pokemon. So do we want to do questions or Pokemon first? We'll do questions. We'll do top 10 and then... Pokemon games. Sure. Cool. Let's do it. Travis writes in. He says, my new top 10 and a question of two. Rusty and Ryan... It's officially been a year since I first tuned in and started writing into the podcast. Oh. June 7th, 2018. I'd like to commemorate that by sharing some updates I've made. Instead of constantly revis- revising a list of favorite games, I decided to make my top 10 games list into multiples. One for childhood, and then one that encapsulates the next decade, 08 through 2018. So, folks, here is Travis's top 10 list from his childhood. Starting at number 10, Star Fox 64. Number 9, Fighting Kaidos, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. What the heck is that? That's a mouthful. I don't know. I think it's an RPG, maybe a shooter. I can't remember. Okay. Check it out. I don't know. Okay. What was that mouthful of a game? Let me pull up my... Uh... Biden Kaidos. B-A-T-E-N-K-A-I-T-O-S. Kaidos. Biden Kaidos. Came up... Bitten kittens. <laughs> Yikes. Probably not a good thing to search in your... Yeah, all right. Laptop. I'm going to exit out that one. All right. Next one. Number eight. Golden Sun, The Lost Age. Of course, the sequel to the first Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance. Really need to play this series, Travis. Number seven. Beyond Good and Evil. Sequel coming out. TBD. Number six. Rayman 2, The Great Escape. Excellent game. Green cartridge on the N64. Number five. Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Number four, Banjo-Kazooie. Surprised you didn't put two on this list, Travis. Probably because of the impact the first game had on you. I get it. Number three, Paper Mario, The Thousand-Year Door. Number two, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Number one, Barbie Pet Rescue in the Game Boy Color. The greatest number one game of his childhood. Number one's actually. Is he Ken? Is he Barbie? (laughs) Will he cook or will he save dogs? Who knows? Number one's Tune actually uh, Metroid Prime, a game I have yet to play, but hopefully we'll uh, get to play soon on the remastered collection on the Switch. I'll just pick up with four, probably, the new one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And here's a list for the past decade. Number 10, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Loads of nostalgia wrapped up in a shiny new package. Couldn't agree more, Travis. Number nine, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Hell yes. Mentioning my background on this one during the, bra- the bracket, he did. He is actually a very emotional... Emotionally moving uh, story behind that, and it's what a great time to play such a terrific, master, masterful uh, Zelda game. Number eight, Dead Space. I really wish I'd gotten around to two and three before I sold my PS3. I love space horror, the, am- the ambiance, and clanking of metal in a floating tin can. I, uh, I've actually been watching the Dead Space games on eBay, been trying to find a nice bundle of all three games for less than 20 bucks. Also, look into the background and how they made that game. There's some really cool like developer interviews and things and like explaining like this worm thing in a hallway and like how they did the programming and how they came up with the idea. 
Nice. There's some really cool interviews on that. Yeah, I really want to play those. It'd be cool to see a revival of that series. Yeah. Number seven, Uncharted 4. A great song, swan song to a great series. Number six, Rayman Legends, the platformer of the modern age, he says. Number five, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. The addition of Wiimote controls really worked. I can't wait for four. Number four, Marvel's Spider-Man. He says, the yes. most fun I've had ever playing a video game. It's great. It's a lofty claim, Travis. I'll have to give the game a try for myself. Number three, a game I actually started last night, Hollow Knight. And How he do just, you like it? We'll get into that. Don't okay. worry about it. Okay. He says, uh, I could say way too much. Is that that snap disc on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why there's a hole in the wall? Yeah. Number two, God of War 4. As someone who had zero interest in the original trilogy, this reimagining was stellar. Fantastic story and gameplay that sticks with you. Pause for the lawnmower man. Number one. I mean, if you didn't see this comment, you haven't been listening to the podcast much. Travis's number one game of the past decade is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. No other game has held my attention for literally hundreds of hours and has still left me feeling I could play hundreds more. I don't know if he said that he ever played the hard mode. Did he ever respond to that or say he did? I'm not sure. That's worth trying if you haven't. They um, they add more people on balloon, like platforms around the world. It's a lot more challenging. I mean, the game's already challenging, yeah. depending on how you play, but it's, a no, it's another good playthrough. Cool. And you get like, there's these giant centaur things that go up to silver on the regular one, and then they go up to gold, which is more difficult. Nice. Do it. He goes on. He says, I want to send special thanks as well to you two for such an entertaining year. I'm glad you were able to continue with the podcast and is still a highlight of my week. Thank you, Travis. Thank you for yeah, being thanks. such a supporter of the show. You really are like the number one supporter of the show since day one. So much Most appreciated. Questions. Always love the questions, the feedback, the late night text messages about a random game you're playing, usually Hollow Knight or... Um, Spider-Man. One but, of your top ten. Yeah, good stuff. Love our friendship and uh, appreciate the support. He we says to, love you! <laughs> <laughs> to finish this email off, I have a few E3 would-you-rathers for you two. Number one, would you rather the new Animal Crossing be a Harvest Moon hybrid with farming elements, or would you rather the rumors of a new Star Fox racer a la Diddy Kong Racing be revealed? Definitely Star Fox, Diddy Kong Racing for me. Versus, wait, Harvest Moon being like there's farming elements and you can farm and like collect crops? Yeah, so instead of just, you know, having your trees and whacking at trees to pick up fruit, you'd actually be able to plant things and grow and harvest your crops. Optimize fields, get higher returns versus your input and seeds. Heck yes. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Yeah. Anytime that I can optimize something and get better return on like whatever investment I'm doing... I'm all for that in games. Gosh, it just makes me moist just thinking about <laughs> yeah, right? opti- optimizing that my and then you make charts and then you get these sexy like curvy charts and oh my gosh, if you can give me a pie chart or just some Pareto analysis. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so for that. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Number 2, would you rather get A, a reveal of the new Elder Scrolls with news that they just couldn't wait for fans to have it. So it's releasing holiday 2019 on PS4 instead of PS5 in 2020 with much more polish. Or B, be told God of War 5 is in development, but is not projected to be released until the end of the PS5's lifespan. End of PS5 or PS4? 
He says PS5's lifespan. So like, hopefully that's a typo. Okay. Um, God, I'd probably rather do the second one. I don't want Skyrim to be or the Skyrim two or whatever. The new to be rushed. I don't want it to be rushed. I'd rather wait another three, four years to get a perfect game, new like graphics engine, perfect everything, than have it this year. Yeah, I think I'm I'd a be- patient person. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with Bethesda's track record, I feel like Fallout 76. With the new stuff. At didn't least. just that come out like last year? And it was a cluster. Yeah. And so. did you see the new Todd Howard interview on that? He's like, we just want money. Really? <laughs> it was one of his phrases. He was like, yeah, money. Good. We knew it was going to suck at launch, was essentially what he said. That's good to hear. So, number three, let's get real for a second, Ryan. The All next right. Smash DLC character is most likely not going to be amazing, despite the heavy rumors of Banjo. Would you rather have Minecraft Steve or a Fortnite character? Oh, gross. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We started on a pessimistic. Weren't there rumors of Banjo? Yeah, but, I mean, rumors are rumors. That, that is true. That's yeah. by definition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I don't know how Steve would work. I think a Fortnite would be interesting, like a purely gun character. Um, and you could always like chuck down the same way like Jigglypuff does her sleep kind of thing. Isn't in Fortnite there's like a little um, like a disco bomb where you could chuck it down and it kind of does the same kind of thing where it paralyzes you essentially or puts you to sleep. Okay. But instead of that, you're, you're forced to dance and they get like a free hit. So that could be interesting. Um, as much as I like Minecraft, I don't know how to play uniquely. So I think they could do some unique things with a purely gun character. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to see, I guess, a hypothetical how this character would play before I can make a definitive decision. But off the top of my head, I'd probably go with Minecraft. Oh, okay. Just to have a pixelated character on screen would be kind of neat. Well, what they could do is they could have a pickaxe, obviously. Dude, I'm the about same to way. chuck a rock at this person who's down here. Just He knows I'm recording a podcast up here. I think that's exactly why he's doing it. I mean, like, you know that how many blades character? of grass do you have to cut, man? I mean, you've gone over the same patch like 45 times at this point. Yeah, he's like, he was watching this like arm commercial at the goat for too long. And like, I know Rusty lives here. He didn't get a margarita. How many times did he want? It was like oh a, like, so, are you old and wrinkly? Yeah. You want to fix your arms? <laughs> so for, for context here, a couple nights ago, there's a, a restaurant or a uh, bar and grill next to where we live. It's called The Goat. And we went there. It was Lauren, Ryan, myself, and Lauren's friend. And I was sitting in the corner, and I wasn't planning on staying long because I wanted to, I don't know. Listen to a stream. Oh, yeah. Pete was starting to stream. And, uh... I was just looking at this this TV. It was just playing the same commercial on loop, and it was the it was just an elderly fix wrinkly skin problem. And so they were showing like before and after things. You know, they had like the acne commercials and weight loss yeah. things or whatever. And it was just these same old people curing their wrinkly skin by jumping into this eternal pool of youth and whatever the heck was going on. Yeah, they have to kill others and bathe in their blood because mm-hmm. the only thing that's expendable or the the only resource we don't have is time. Wow. That's pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the uh, the plot to... Um, what's that shitty movie? 
the uh, Jupiter ascending, whatever. Oh, Channing Tatum. Yeah, Malakunis. They like harvest Earths for the people because then they get longer life. Wow, it was a really stupid movie. I wasn't interested in that movie before. (laughs) Well, they got uh, Milo Kunis. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yes, but and speaks Russian. She does. Yeah, you know Ashton Kutcher's. One of the witnesses on some murder trial right yes, now? Yes, I did hear that. That's crazy talk. It was on some date. He was going to go on, and then he was late, and he looked in. He's like, oh, there's some wine on the floor. She and was stabbed 47 times. Yeah, by her neighbor. Like, how, first how of all... How bad do you piss off your neighbor that they stab you 47 times? I don't know how you could stab someone once, let alone just... Like, how do you continue to jab someone 47 times? And he did it to, like, three other women. I thought it... Yeah. They called him like like the Hollywood Ripper or something like that. I think after the first time it gets easier. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's messed oh, up. Oh, you've already committed. Like at this point, like what's forty six more? Yikes! Right? No, no, that's just so wrong. Whatever. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, Travis, uh, Smash DLC, Minecraft. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, like Steve, Steve, or, you know what? We could do like the old Zelda character where Zelda turned into Sheik. So we could have Steve as the equivalent of Zelda and you could down B to go into Herobrine, which is like the evil version of Steve that was like rumored to be in the game's code way back in 2011. You could have a pickaxe, kind of like the way that Peach has like different um, bats and things. She has like a golf club, a bat, a frying pan, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. She could have a. He could have a pickaxe, a sword, a shovel, like a hoe that they could hit you with using your over a. Um, they could summon things. So the same way that um, I'm trying to think, what character? I guess Zelda does it has it now. Like summons a sword person, but you could have him summon like a zombie to like be a hazard on the map. That only hurts the opposing character. As like an NPC that they can kill if they do damage to it. Okay. That could be interesting. I zoned out for like the past three minutes. I know you I know you did. <laughs> at least the listeners care about what I have to say about potential <laughs> Smash. I care about Smash. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Number four from Travis. He says, finally... Hopefully you- Travis cared about my answer. I don't think he <laughs> Let does. Let me know. I don't think he does. All right. Number four. Finally, would you rather get A, an HD Zelda mega collection of Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword, or B, an expanded HD port of Mario Sunshine and a couple additional worlds? Oh. For sure Zelda. Mario Sunshine. No. Dude, three Zelda games for Mario Sunshine? I get, okay, that's not really a fair comparison. I would... I want to play Skyward Sword, and I want to play the Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I would love to actually play through those fully. Um, if you were to chuck more onto the Mario scenario, I would probably do that, because Sunshine was the bee's knees. Um, I don't know what you'd have to do to leverage that, mm-hmm. or like make it an equal comparison. Yeah. But yeah, probably the Zelda, just because there is more bang for your buck. Oh, man, I want to play the Skyward Sword again so badly. It's such a good game. Thanks for writing in, Travis. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your support once again. Good stuff. But you know what I'm going to do right now, Ryan? Hmm. I'm going to go down my childhood top 10 games. Nice. Again, stayed up until the wee hours of the morning figuring out this list. I think I I know like your top two. What what would you say they are? Ocarina of Time and then uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. One of those is correct. Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah. So... 
up into the wee hours of the morning. I actually set my alarm because I wanted to go to the parents' house and see Lauren off. Did you? But I didn't. My alarm. God. I slept through my alarm. It was only like, I guess it was like six o'clock when she left. Yeah. But, oh well. Love you, Lauren. Number, oh, actually, I have a ton of honorable mentions that I'm just going to quickly try and rattle off here. There's a lot of them, so, you know, buckle up, people. Battlefront 2, Miss Pac-Man, Maze Madness, Medal of Honor, Rising Sun, Simpsons, Hit and Run, Simpsons, Road Rage, Spider-Man 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Super Mario 64, Jet Force Gemini, Pokemon Coliseum, Halo Combat Evolved, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Mario Party 2, Yoshi's Story, and Spyro the Dragon. Those are all my honorable mentions. I, I put a lot of thought and care into this top 10. Some of them have some pretty pretty intense stories associated with them. So Rusty's going to open up and get pretty real and raw here on Otaku Brothers, mm. as we do. Number 10, one of my childhood favorites. To this date, still my favorite Mario Kart game, Double Dash on the GameCube. Most people say it is the absolute worst. Oh, fuck balls. Uh, what just happened? My thing exploded in my hands. <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I know, me too. I'll go to the other one. Yeah, this is my second one. Okay. He's opening one of those uh, little crystal, crystal light packets. packets yeah. And it like exploded from one side. So Yeah. Whoops. Mario Kart Double Dash. I love this game so much. Baby Park has one of my favorite levels in all of Mario Kart. When you just go around the, the single lap. I think it's like 11 times, and the music that plays is gets more and more intense as you go through the laps. <laughs> so good. You got dual kart racers on, or yeah, you got to have two people on your cart at the same time, which means double the power-ups. Nice. You could just mix and match with... More shells. Yeah, you could just mix and match with the dozens of characters that they had in the game. One of the most robust rosters of in Mario Kart history, and probably still my favorite. Mario Kart 8, like I'm glad they added people like... Um, Link and Zelda and things like, or, and the Animal Crossing characters. But why they have those eight little mini Bowser characters in there is beyond me. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's I don't a, care about that. It's a waste of space. But anyways, Mario Kart Double Dash came out in 2003. What's that? You're a waste of space. Yeah. Mario Kart Double Dash, I remember getting this for Christmas. My dad, I remember him calling me when he was at Best Buy and said, Rusty, I'm here. Which games do you want? And I got Luigi's Mansion. Mario Kart Double Dash came with the GameCube. It was the Platinum Double Pack. So it had Double Dash, two silver controllers, the silver console, and it was just a delight of a Christmas to get that. Luigi's Mansion, and I think Midway Arcade Treasures 2. Good stuff. Number nine, The Sims. Came out in 2000, shattered the world <laughs> in, in terms of just what you were able to do. I mean, simulation, of course, we had SimCity back in the day um, on Super Nintendo and PC, but nothing could prepare us for what you were able to do in The Sims and just create your own families, your own houses, use the Rosebud, Rosebud cheat to get insane amounts of money to just do and create whatever you wanted to. And I remember being on the PC at my mom's house and she would be watching one of her random soap operas and I'd be playing The Sims, and the music would come through the speakers, and she would instantly fall asleep just because the music was so, like, almost therapeutic. It was something you'd hear at a dentist's office or in an elevator, and I love it for that. For the number of times when I have to work on something at work that's really intense and I have to really focus, I'll always put on the Sims soundtrack because it really kind of calms me down. Nice. Good stuff. Number eight, you knew it was coming, folks. Donkey Kong 64. 
the greatest collectathon possibly ever. People, you know, ragged on it because they, were, they thought there was too much collectibles, which arguably there is. But you get five playable characters, all unique in their abilities. You need each of them to complete all the different sub-worlds. And some of the greatest music, Grant Kirkhope, Living Legends, just good times. Multiplayer action, too. For the number of times I stayed up late with friends playing that my sister, with my sister, just an excellent, well-rounded game, and it even holds up today. Still need to go back and finish that. Came out in 99, if you were wondering. Number seven, Diddy Kong Racing. N64, 1997. I remember getting this game. My sister and I would play it to death. My dad and I would also play with my sister. We'd play that uh, tropical area where you each had three balloons that you had to use little rockets and little landmines to, you know, clear each each other's balloons. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Number six, Ryan, Perfect Dark. Came out in 2000. One of the greatest first-person shooters of all time. I'll make the claim. I always say it, but you know yeah. what? I stand by my word. Grant Kirkup composed the soundtrack. Joanna Dark. You could play through the entire campaign co-op. The number of gun selections. I've talked this game to death. I don't need to repeat myself. But E3, Microsoft. If we could get a nice, perfect, dark, complete remake, I'll buy a console the day after. I'll, you know what? I'll go to... Ryan, mark my words. All right. They're marked. If Perfect Dark gets announced at E3... Either a sequel or a complete remake. I'll go to GameStop that night and buy an Xbox One. All right. So you heard it here first, folks. Number five, maybe a little surprising, Ryan. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64, 1998. Yeah, I'm surprised it's in your top ten. You know, I thought it was going to be a little bit higher up, but the more I think about it, the more I've played it, it's still an outstanding game. And for the time it came out, revolutionary those 3D open world environments and just walking around Hyrule was pretty crazy at the time. Because that's one of the first, yeah, 3D. But the, the four games ahead of it, I feel like they came at really important times in my life. And certainly the memories I have playing them are really special. So Ocarina of Time, really the only memories I have of it are watching my uncle play and then getting a copy on the 3DS when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I spent many a night you know, in the dorm room late at night on Fridays powering through Ocarina of Time and really fond memories. And I still think it holds up tremendously well today, but I think the games ahead of it earn their spot even more. All right, prepare yourselves. Number four, Fable 2, Xbox 360, came out in 2008. Fable 4 is coming out, what's up? This game also came out at a really special time. I remember going to a Circuit City and pre-ordering it. One of very few games at the time I pre-ordered. Rest in peace, Circuit City. And I remember getting the copy, going home, Playing it on my 20-inch CRT TV at my mom's place when things were rough. She was dating someone that was not so great at the time. Wasn't good times. But you know what I could do, Ryan? I could go into the world of Albion and forget all that. And it was really good times. Had my little dog companion. Man, that was just a terrific action RPG set in a really awesome fantasy setting. And uh, if you have not played the Fable series, 2 is a great place to start. 3 was really good too, but a lot of people... Well, a lot of people prefer the first over even two and three, but I think two is kind of the peak of the series for me. Really good stuff. Number three, Lord of the Rings Return of the King on PS2. I can agree with that. 2003. I've told this story a dozen times. I won't go go into it. Basically, long and short of it, um, mom is a hairdresser, not the most lucrative of professions, 
Didn't think I was going to get a PS2 that Christmas, but she came in real strong. As the GOAT. With the PS2, two controllers, and Return of the King. I cried. My sister got a ferret. We named her Jasmine. It was good times. Nice. My sister and I played uh, through the entirety of the game co-op, so good stuff. That's the best way to play that game. Oh, it definitely is. Ryan, you mind if I take a swig of this Powerade real quick? Do it. I'll mm. swig on my Crystallite. Good stuff. All right, these next two, especially two, this is when the stories come in. Number two, and I might be cheating a little bit here because this kind of creeps into the more modern games since it came out in 2008, but that's okay. Pokemon Platinum. Really? On the DS. <coughs> so, story time. Taking us back to 2008, summer. Rusty just finished up seventh grade. Got a lot of A's on his report card. Things were all well in the world. And uh, this was that time when, you know, being popular was cool. You know? Yeah. Hanging out with the jocks, going to Hollister, getting the Abercrombie polos. God, I could never... Hollister was just way too skin tight. Yeah. It's always smelled so good, but you, like, went out with, like... Your nose. Was you were like high on cologne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an old factory overload. Yeah, it was a little too much. Plus, it was super dark. I don't know what it was with the setting there. If that was a marketing scheme to get you to buy more, but yeah, your judgment's clouded if you get tired in a dark setting. I don't know what was going on, Hollister. I'll never understand you. Pokemon Platinum. And they always had like shirtless, like speedo men out Mannequins, front. Mannequins, just no chilling. real people. Oh yeah, Abercrombie and Hollister definitely did. Oh, that. it was great. But uh, so all my buddies were going out for football. Rusty's always been a little bit of a smaller dude. And uh, football was not in his cards. So he asked his dad, because as long as Rusty can remember, he'd come home from elementary school. And dad would be downstairs working out, getting his grunt and sweat on. And uh, we're going to do later. Yeah. As bros do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, listening to Bon Jovi or Cool in the Gang or whatever other random music my dad would listen to. And uh, I just kind of talk about... my my day and we'd work out or he'd work out and I'd watch and we'd just talk and chat. So when I wasn't going to go out for football, I asked my dad if we could, uh, uh, start working out together. So we did that proceeded for the next eight months and it became kind of an obsession. And my dad was married to a crazy person, not my mom. Uh, it's his second marriage and, uh, things were not good in Rusty's world. Certainly not emotionally and mentally things were uh, a little dark. So Rusty, Got in the mindset that if he worked out more and ate less, he'd become stronger, and it became a sense of control, and so Rusty started losing a lot of weight. Parents didn't know because I wore heavy clothes. Always have. You wore, you see pictures of me when I was like in second or third grade. I'd wear my mom's t-shirts because I just liked baggy clothing. I didn't like the way the things fit tight on me. It was just gross to me. Still is. I like wearing uh, a little bit looser fit stuff. A little bit more confident myself now, though. Yeah, you are, because so, you're a beast. What's up? And so mm. things got pretty bad to the point where I listened to The Fellowship by Howard Shore, you know, Lord of the Rings soundtrack on the way to school every day, contemplating about not wanting to be alive, Ryan. Yeah. So it was good stuff. Not good I feel stuff that. at all. Anyways, so I went to school that day and I went to health class and there was a video about eating disorders and I recognized that I had every symptom of anorexia. So I went home that day and I worked out because whatever. I needed to work up the confidence to tell my dad that I had a problem. So I called my dad downstairs after I worked out and I said, dad, I think I have an eating problem. And at that moment I started getting help for mining disorder and depression and all that stuff. 
And my sophomore year of high school, my dad divorced this crazy pate lady, and my sister was dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, and so I kind of relapsed a bit. And at this time, I got a DS because it was, again, one of those escapisms that I could play games and escape reality. And so I got Mario Kart DS, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, and Pokemon Platinum. Well, at this time, my doctor, he took a list of my heart rate. It was dangerously low. I was admitted to the hospital. I was there for 13 days. After the end of that 13-day stay, the doctors told my parents that if you don't send your son to a treatment facility, he's probably going to end up dying because you can't continue to care for him. So I was sent to this treatment facility in Wisconsin, and this is where the story gets happier. My only way of coping and dealing with the reality of hating every second of being at the treatment facility because I was still very delusional, malnourished. I wasn't thinking clearly. And I'd call my dad every day sobbing, telling him that these people are killing me when really they were saving me and helping me deal with all of these emotional issues that I was struggling with. And Pokemon Platinum was kind of my saving grace. It was after all the therapy sessions and the group meals and whatever, I would go back to my room and play Pokemon Platinum for hours and just get completely lost in that world And in many ways, it kind of saved me. And so I remember being in the hospital bed playing it endlessly because I wasn't able to leave my hospital bed. All I had was a TV and my DS. And it was really special. I put about 150 hours into it over the course of hospital stays. And I love it for that. Nice. And I love Pokemon. Me too. Is that the one with the... I'm trying to think who. Dialga, Palkia, and Platinum is the big, like... It starts with a G. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh. (coughs) He's kind of like the Rayquaza of that generation. His name is... Giratina. Giratina, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Pokemon Platinum. Number two game of my childhood. Really good times. And uh, I almost completed the Pokedex in that. I got like, I don't know. 400 something, 500 Pokemon, wow. which is the most I've ever gotten. That's pretty impressive. And number one, it goes without saying, people. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast for any inkling of time, you know that Kingdom Hearts has forever been my favorite game of all time until The Last of Us dethroned it not a month ago. So, Surprisingly. Yeah, those are my top 10 games of my childhood. I created a list of potentially the past decade of games, and this list is already 23 games long. So, And that's not even including the games that I've played on the PS4. So wow. that's just like 360, Wii, more DS. I guess we got a couple PS4 games in here. But uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe at the end of this year, Ryan and I will do a re- revising our Whoops. top 10 games of the past decade. Lauren's in Dallas now. Nice. But uh, yeah, so those are the top 10 games of my childhood. Hopefully you enjoyed that. You got a nice little sneak peek into Rusty's dark childhood. But uh, good times. I had a great childhood. I definitely don't want to understate that. Some of the most loving parents, but, you know, circumstances, things happen. So, good stuff, Ryan. Let's take a quick break, come back to the show. We'll do some E3 stuff, and we'll talk about the games we've been playing recently. Sounds good to me. All that fun stuff. We're back, Ryan. What's up? We're back to talk about E3. Talk about the recent announcements, the leaks, all the good stuff that, you know, creeps up before the actual reveals. And I got a little list here, but uh, before we get into that, Ryan... How about the uh, Tom Holland 
playing Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie coming next year. How do you feel about that? I didn't know that. That's going to be pretty good, though. Yeah. So I think he'd make a good Tom Holland. Or he would make, make a good, good Tom Nathan Drake. <laughs> Tom. I'm trying to think. Uncharted. Boom. Yeah, I could see it. He's the charisma, just a kind of a witty. I'm trying to see Camila Cabello. Cinderella. She's playing Cinderella? I thought we just had a Cinderella. There was. There was already a live action one. What's his yeah. face from the Star Trek movies was in it? Star Trek movies. Yeah, uh Star Trek. I feel like Tom Holland Tra- is too young to play Nathan Drake. Yeah, well, they're probably going to start him out young, and that way they can do like an entire franchise of movies. He needs to get bigger, though. He needs to bulk up a bit. Yeah. He's like he's super, super lean. And I get it for uh, Spider-Man, he kind of needs to be, but he can afford to put on... Yeah, I was watching uh, Uncharted gameplay Some this meat. morning. Let's see. What the heck? Why can I not find the actors that have played Captain Kirk? Chris Pine. Chris, Chris Pine. That's who I was thinking of. But is he the one in Wonder Woman? Yeah. 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 Because he, I mean, he, he's a beautiful man. He is. But I don't know. They just did a live action Cinderella. Not. I was in college when it came out. Oh, was so. he the king? Yeah. He was the prince, Ryan. Cinderella. I don't think that's right. Cinderella. What are you? What are you looking at? Chris Pine, Cinderella? Yeah, he was in it. He has a great voice. Am I thinking of the same thing? I could have sworn there was a different Cinderella remake. Dude, let's not waste airtime looking for Cinderella. 2015 Cinderella? Because Mom bought this DVD. This one. The one with the blue dress. Yeah, that's typically what Cinderella wears. It's the one guy who plays uh, the Stark guy. Was the prince. Okay, so then there would have been like three re- live action remakes in the past ten years. Yeah, that's really it seems stupid. Like it. Seems very excessive. Is Cinderella really that good of a character? I mean, I, th- I think the story's been told like a million times now, so it seems kind of redundant. Yeah, but I feel like it's such a hazard. Pull up Baldur's Gate three trailer. This is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. Cool. That's what I want to have in my memory. Yeah. I, I honestly had to look away. So that was one of the announcements is that Baldur's Gate 3 is being remade. I think they're also bringing a lot of the older games like Planetscape Torment to PS4 and like just modern consoles. So that'll be interesting. So yeah, if you're not, if you haven't watched the Baldur's Gate 3 trailer, pull it up. It's a little teaser. It's how many seconds long? Well, we'll let it's you like make your minute. own opinions. Like pause the episode. We need to watch this. Are we keeping this on air? Yeah. There's a dude in the hallway, or kind of a Game of Thrones kind of scenario. He's looking down the hallway. Okay, he's puking black stuff. Oh, blood and bone. God, he's having a rough day. His fingers are breaking. He's aging very quickly. <laughs> Sounds like our job. <laughs> oh, he, he just lost all of his... What the 
frick is that? <laughs> oh, he's pu his, his, I think, tentacles out of his mouth? What the hell? Now he's a squid, <laughs> I guess. Cool. Oh, he's a very skinny squid. He's flying. What is this? I'm intrigued. Okay, there's giant squids around. Baldur's Gate 3. What the heck is Baldur's Gate? How effed up was that trailer? I mean, he looks awesome as a squid. It's an action RPG, as I think. It's like an old school D&D type uh, Dude, plot. I'm game. Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, it's very D&D Diablo-esque. So, kind of looks like Divinity Original Sin, the game that you were thinking about picking up. Yeah. Also, a public service announcement. There's a huge PlayStation State of Play sale right now on PSN, so get on that, people. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Some of the other stuff Yeah, you that... get the uh, Handsome Jack collection for free. Yes, that and Sonic Mania for all you Sonic fans out there. Yes, that too. So some of the other little things that dropped this week, and some of them are still rumors, so yet to be uh, confirmed. Destroy All Humans remake by THQ Nordic. Very weird out of left field remake. I don't know who was crying for this, but hey, if you enjoyed Destroy All Humans 1 and 2 on the PS2, well, you're getting a remake of the first one coming next year. Nice. This one I'm actually very excited about. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Great 3D platform on the PS2, GameCube, original Xbox. Also made its way onto the Game Boy Advance, but not as a 3D platformer. Just a really fun collectathon, cool. licensed platformer. We don't have enough of those these days, and I'm glad that THQ Nordic somehow got the got the green light to make this game. So no confirmed announcement yet as far as date. So TBD. Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch the master of the first game. I could not be more excited. This is uh, great news, people. Next up is also a remaster, and that is Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Of course, it came out originally on PS3 uh, some years ago. Ryan and I loved Nino Kuni 2 Ra uh, Revenant Kingdom. So I'm happy to play this. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's, it's essentially been completely leaked. It's coming to all current generation platforms. Super pumped about that. Last night, there was also, and so here's the thing, Namco Bandai put a whole bunch of information on their website, which I assume is locked until E3 happens, but there's data miners these days, yes. and they mined data and found out that Nino Kuni's coming out, um, a new Tales, of, new Tales of game, so Vesperia, Abyss, those oh, very, That's the one you want me to play. Yeah, very anime-inspired JRPGs. Tales of Arise is coming out. We got two screenshots, and it looks much more like Xenoblade okay. than it does its anime-inspired... Tales know. of what? Arise. Arise. Lord Vader. Darth Sidious. Oh, that looks cool. That looks graphically pretty sound. I'm game for this. Yeah. And then, Ryan, what we've all been waiting for... The From Software collaboration with George R. R. Martin. The best. The confirmed name of the game is Elden Ring. So mm. I have an article from Game Informer. And it says, Elden Ring, developed by From Software Incorporated and Bando Namkai, 
or Bandai Namco. Um, what was I saying? Bando Namkai? <laughs> <laughs> Lords of the Namek. Bandai Namco Entertainment Incorporated is a fantasy action RPG adventure set within a world created by uh, Hideotaka Miyazaki, creator of the influential Dark Souls video game series, and George R. R. Martin, author of the New York Times best-selling fantasy series, A Song of Ice and Fire. This, the description reads... Danger and discovery lurk around every corner in From Software's largest game to date. Miyazaki, president and game director of From Software Incorporated, known for directing critically acclaimed games and beloved franchises including Armored Core, Dark Souls, and Sekido, Shadows Die Twice. I forgot Bloodborne. The description ends half finish. Martin confirmed he's working on a game out of Japan, so we know it was some sort of game, and it makes sense it was this one. We'll likely know for sure at Microsoft's E3 conference on Sunday, June 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Hopefully it's coming out to just... Because it's at Microsoft, right? So that's... Is that purely Xbox? Yeah. Well, they're going to announce games that are coming multi-platform. Oh, okay. But again, as we talked about in the last episode, I wouldn't doubt that this is a timed exclusive. Okay. It looks like more and more likely that we have to get an Xbox One. Yeah, because I don't think I can wait a year to play... A game by Martin and Miyazaki. No, I'll probably end up getting on a PS4 after I get on Xbox. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. buy it twice. Just like Shadow's Dying twice. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this next announcement is also very exciting because, Ryan, if you remember last week, I said one of the things I really want that might push me over the edge of getting an Xbox One is a new Fable game. Yes. Fable 4. Well, turns out that's happening. Ooh. So... I could try it for the first time. Tech Radar reported via a Reddit post that Fable 4 takes place on a new planet after Albion was destroyed by a meteorite because of a Mad King's wish. Eons later, the same king is hoping to destroy the new planet, and players are tasked with stopping this. The lead character comes from the player's own imagination via a character creator, and the game can be played in first or third person. Digging deeper into the gameplay, the leak suggests players can ignore the main quest entirely and never become a hero. The leak mentions a town-building tool. Ryan, listen up. Yes. And combined with the ability to ignore the main quest, this could play into the narrative as well by having the world the player creates destroyed due to inaction. These elements play into Fable series' knack for having a lot of flexibility. A few other morsels state that the game is completely open world, there are no guns, and Fable 4 is built on Unreal Engine. The collective information is interesting, but could all be a big hoax. A YouTuber that caught wind of this leak says that sources state this latest leak is fake and that the video has been removed uh, was modified old footage from a previous Fable game. Specifically, his sources who have the inside track on Fable say the leak is fake, but he's not saying that Fable 4 could not exist or does not exist. So, remains to be seen. We'll find out for sure tomorrow, not uh, 4 o'clock p.m., I think, Eastern Standard Time okay. is the Microsoft conference. Don't quote me on that, but we should find out for sure then. So if that's true, I don't really care where the game is set. I mean, Albion would be nice just because historically that's where I've played these games. But if you want to give me a new world and kind of reinvent the wheel, if you will, for for the franchise, I'd be happy with that. As long as we don't get that on-rails connect game that we got, Fable the Journey or whatever the heck it was called years ago. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, Next announcement, Ryan, is this little game called... uh, Yuka freaking Laylee in the Impossible Lair. Sequel to my favorite game of last year, Yuka Laylee. 
they're back at it, Ryan, making another ukulele game. And it's 2D with some interesting 3D isometric platforming segments. Yeah. It looks terrific. Was the other ukulele 3D? It was a 3D open world platformer, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was watching gameplay to this new one. It looks like a lot of fun. I can't wait. You got the nice little, um, the ukulele, like literally, ukulele, a, ukulele. a ukulele playing yeah. the music. It was just classic. Oh, I was just so good. And it, it was funny because I was actually working from home yesterday. and That you were? And I was assembling these bookshelves. And Travis texted me. And because I wasn't on the interwebs at all, so I was completely toned, you know, zoning out to any kind of announcements that were going on. Bad time to be doing that because ukulele. Yeah. Now you were excited in chat. I'm very excited. But uh, there was another trailer this week. <gasps> See, even when Lauren goes to Japan, her hair still somehow gets locked on my head. Gross. Uh, anyways, I think there was a Pokemon trailer this week, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Was that a thing? Yeah. Wednesday, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> we got 15 minutes of juicy details about Pokemon Sword so and Shield. Ryan, I'll pass the baton to you because I know you're really excited about this. Uh, it's going to be the tits. Yeah. It's Oh, it looks amazing. So we got to see kind of this new concept. Actually, we got to see a lot of new concepts. Um, previous trailers showed basically the world, I think, kind of the cities and some characters and stuff. Um, for this one, we got to see more of the starters, kind of the starter picking screen where there's just those three on that like outside battle arena with potentially your rival. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see kind of the story or some of the story about your rival's brother is the champion and your rival wants to like be as good as his brother. Because I actually not have not watched the video, surprisingly. <laughs> Oh, you have. I just read the articles and caught like all like the little snippets of details. Okay, I've seen it twice. Okay, cool. So um, they introduced this thing called, or my favorite portion of this, because I was playing, like we're going to talk about later, a bit of Xenoblade Chronicles two, because I wanted some MMO feel. Yeah. Um, and they showed these wild areas in between towns, and mm-hmm. it's basically this kind of like Breath of the Wild, just this wide open area with Pokemon just roaming around, which is exactly what we wanted from Pokemon Let's Go. Mm -hmm. If you actually watch a side-by-side comparison of the Breath of the Wild trailer reveal and this one, the opening music where it's like the piano, it's like, I I can't replicate it. But that piano, like soft piano that starts playing, it's almost beat for beat the exact same thing for Pokemon. That's awesome. So I think the creators definitely wanted to have a very Breath of the Wild inspired inspiration um, to kind of make characters or players of the game feel like, hey, clearly this isn't to the degree of polish of a Breath of the Wild, but or it's very world, much, yeah, yeah. In that open world, kind of make your own adventure, do what you want to do. Yeah, and it was great. So you have like Rhyhorns wandering, wandering around. You have Tyranitar who's like one of my favorite guys ever, just wandering through like this sandstorm, which was awesome. Um, And then we get to see raids, which got me super excited. And um, so you can battle with your friends, these giant raid Pokemon, kind of like in um, Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. So I ended up going out and buying a 3DS and getting back on my Ruby version to train up some guys so we're prepared for raids. Are you sure it's not like in that thing, that top drawer i checked you did yeah because i could have sworn what about the little black thing um the little circular thing that has the the cap on it oh my the seat yeah maybe 
I ended up just buying another one because I thought I lost my DS. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, I remember when we moved your stuff, you had that last little pile of crap in the center of your room. Yeah. And I was like, it was sitting there. Oh, it could very well be in that cube. Well, I got a nice sleek XL 3DS instead of my uh, X and Y Pokemon one. Um, so I've been playing that. I looked at my timestamp. I'm at, I started at 673, currently at 679, so I've played a bit this week. And that's hours, folks. 679 hours. Yeah. So, I have a list of Pokemon that I've made competitively, and I'm going to, I'm trying to round out some of the other elements so that we can face off. There was a Gyarados, which I've got a Pikachu for. Um, there were some water Pokemon. So, I ended up making a Greninja this week, um, a timid protein Greninja uh, with Grass Knot, Scald, Extra Sensory, and Ice Beam. So we got a lot oh, that's of counter, yeah, we got a lot of counter elements. Grass not for heavy guys. I don't know. So they introduced this concept of uh, Dynamaxing, which is basically it's kind of like Mega Evolution, not Mega Evolution because that changes your uh, like your character's shape or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like the Z moves, but over three moves, so it just makes you big as well. And it's more strategic because you can get big, I guess. Yeah, get swole for three moves. Heck yeah. So I don't know if that's going to affect the weight because you're that much bigger. So I put Grass Knot on there, which is uh, a grass move to hit counters. Um, for ba It's based off of, or the damage scales off of weight. Okay. So that could help us out. But yeah, I'm super pumped about that. I have a new couple more Pokemon I want to make. Um, just to go down the list, there's only a few. I want to make a Sableye, an Aegislash. Garchomp, Lucario, because Lucario is awesome. Yeah, he is. Uh, Kangaskhan, I don't know if they're going to have Mega Evolutions. Kangaskhan, I think, is banned from tournaments because he's too overpowered. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, Togekiss for clearing um, ailments, if we get any ailments on, uh, like if they put down spikes or when we switch in, we get hurt. Uh, a Weavile, because he's cool looking, and a Gallade. Nice. Yeah, so we got some. I got some Pokemon to make. I'm making um, perfect IVs and EVs so we can get some uh, damage in there. Get all the Pokemon, because I'll probably complete this Pokedex. Mm -hmm. Do we know how many more Pokemon they're adding? I don't know yet. Hmm. I wonder if it's I like... saw a video, it was like, there are 49 Pokemon in the trailer, or the Pokemon that we were confirmed in the trailer. Okay. But that's not new Pokemon. Yeah, it's just in general. And then the Crow, there was a Crow guy... And I was talking to some... He looked awesome. That, yeah. That black crow. And I was, I'm was, i hoping he has a bigger evolution, like a super crow. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking to some, some girls at GameStop, and they were saying that the um, Professor's Cane actually has a smaller bird, which might be the pre-evolution uh -oh. to that. Okay. Um, it also has red eyes, I think. Yeah. No. So that's a possibility. They got like a sheep thing. Which looks cute, kind of like a Mareep. Mm -hmm. um, they've got a snapping turtle, which looks pretty cool. You know what? Would, okay, so what's going on with snapping turtles these days? Did you see that video of my sister? No, it was on Facebook. You don't have Facebook. No. So I've seen in the past week at least three to five people post pictures of snapping turtles walking across the street and people trying to pick them up and put them in safely. Their necks are long. You don't pick them up. No. So I'll show you the video after we finish recording. Okay. So. You know when you go to your parents' house, mm -hmm. and well, if you go through that city that starts with a D, and yeah. you cross that long bridge where you have to go 20 miles an hour over by the zoo? Yeah. Sarah parked her car 
and the video shows her running down the street, runs across the the bridge, and runs through the, the bridge, like the road, and picks it up, and is running with it to safety, and this thing's head is just, like, that thing could bite off someone's finger. Like, those things are powerful. They've got, ri- they'll, yeah, they'll bite off fingers. And their neck is incredibly long. Yeah. And so, I don't know how Sarah did it, but she picked it up perfectly in the middle. She only had like a half a second because cars are driving both ways. And she ran with it to safety and successfully got it. I would just chuck it probably. Off the bridge into water. <laughs> like, yeah. But my question is, is why are there so many of them? Why are they out of the water and wandering I don't know. When we were streets? kids, we actually had a snapping turtle in our front yard, like a big one, like a maybe a foot by a foot. And it was sliding across our yard and ended up laying eggs in our front yard. Yikes. Like in our, my dad's garden. What'd you do? We uh, let it do its, let it do its, wow. Let it do its thing and then let it leave. Did it, so it hatched the babies? Yeah. I don't, we never followed up on whatever happened because they were just empty one day, but. Well, I hope they made it out okay. To the sea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we were going to screw with a giant scra- snapping turtle in our front yard. <laughs> yeah. That would win. Yeah, and then there was um, I'm trying to think, there was like a flower Pokemon with like a puffy, those like little seed things that you blow. Yeah, those kind of Pokemon are just. There. I don't care about grass Pokemon really. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else we saw. Those were kind of the main one. Oh, we saw the legendaries, obviously, which were amazing. That kind of cinematic trailer when they meet in the the forest mm-hmm. was so epic. Yeah, and I was actually listening to something um, today. And, like, when you talk about, like, diamond or platinum, they're, like, the universe is ending or, like, teleporting, like, at it, like interstellar Pokemon, like, uh, sun and moon. I, From the sound of it, it's going to be a very local, kind of like those three dogs, Riku, Entei, and Suicune, kind of we're protecting our home, a mm. sword and shield. So it's a very, instead of the main villain is, like, this Pokemon that's from a different dimension, it's you're going after potentially like a uh, the champion who turns to the dark side or like these the sun and the moon character, not sun and moon, the sword and the shield characters are defending their turf. They're like that's the protectors of the world. Yeah. I'm, or I'm of their region, not so much. Galar. Yeah, which is based off of Europe. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm really yeah. excited for that. I at first was very off. It was very off-putting to me that graphically it didn't look good enough for me. I was getting kind of greedy that it needed to look like Breath of the Wild. But looking back, even at X and Y compared to this, it's like night and day difference. Yeah. It looks incredibly well-polished. The world looks incredibly large, and I can't wait to explore it, get yeah. Pokemon, battle it up in raids. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Dynamaxing yet. Um, it's just a weird concept seeing giant Pokemon like crush the ground. I, I think I'm going to grow into it. Yeah, it's, I feel the same. Actually way. playing with it. Um, and then having a just this ball that grows into this giant Pokeball that you like volleyball chuck at a Pokemon. Yeah. It's entertaining. Um, and there's going to be a third legendary, which potentially is fighting or the two sword and shield Pokemon have to fight against. Because at the end, there was like that brush of leaves up. Which was kind of their cinematic like exit out of that seeing those two Pokemon. Yeah. But they're gonna it's probably gonna be them fighting against another Pokemon. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I'd like some nice cinematics in my Pokemon game. Yeah. 
Pokemon. Me just too. Going at it, fighting each other. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's all of the E3 related announcements. Again, let's pull up the uh, the schedule here. E3. You can always come over tomorrow night. We can stream it. I'm game. Microsoft is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bethesda is 8.30. And uh, Ubisoft is Monday at 4 p.m. Yeah, you know. You, you can find this on the interwebs. And by the time this comes out, a lot of these conferences will have already happened. So, good stuff, Ryan. I'm excited about E3. Me too. A lot of good stuff on the horizon. Games we've been playing recently. What have you been playing this week? Um, let's see. I started off... Last week I played Pokemon... Or not Pokemon. Uh, RuneScape a little bit. And then I really just wanted an MMO. So I went to Xenoblade. I was... I had a really really busy week so i ended up just coming home each night playing or watching westworld and just grinding a little bit on xenoblade nice got to the levels are pretty a lot of xp i guess is how i'd say that um so each guy i'd fight has like 200 xp at like level 24 25 and to level up it's like four thousand. so it takes a good amount of time Mm mm-hmm so I've I leveled up from like twenty four to twenty seven on most of my characters now. I'm just trying to grind a bit, um, prepare for the next wave of things. I'm still trying to figure out the combat, but I really like the just seeing on the horizon this vast landscape and um, people roaming around that I can kill. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, maybe someday I'll borrow that game. Yeah, it, it's. I was trying to listen to a review on things. And they said it's awesome. It's just getting through the first 20 hours, which is slow, which is kind of like the Final Fantasy thirteen mm-hmm. kind of feel. And then once the Pokemon trailer came out, I ditched that, chucked it to a side, and uh, got Pokemon, and I'm going to play that for a while. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. So this week, I uh, was still on the, the military shooter kick. Mm-hmm. So I tried to go through uh, Modern Warfare Remastered on veteran difficulty. Yeah. And I got to this level where you have to end up picking up your your soldier friend because he got injured or whatever. And you take him to this extraction point and then you have to wait for a helicopter to pick you guys up. And you have about eight minutes to do that. Not actually eight minutes, but like in-game it's shorter than that. Maybe five. And you just have waves and waves and waves of dudes coming at you. Yeah. And there's no real good point to set up camp and just stay there with your sniper rifle and pick people off because they start kind of flanking you and surrounding you. And in that game, you have about two to three seconds of being in open fire before you're dead. Like it's, you have very little to no time. And so I found on the internet, I watched a video of a way that you can kind of cheese the level and you can hide behind this building. And for whatever reason, the way they programmed it, the soldiers, the AI aren't smart enough to come around and, the the building and shoot you mm-hmm. so you can just sit there and wait and your friend you don't have to like you have to um protect him even though he's probably getting shot up because he can't move but whatever yeah. you can just stay, stay there until the helicopter gets there but once the helicopter lands you only have so much time to go back pick him up put him on the helicopter and you finish the level so i did this and i picked him up i was getting shot to crap to all hell i made it onto the helicopter 
I had to press square to drop his body, but the guys that were, were there with the helicopter said, sorry, bud, we're running out of fuel. We have to leave you here. And it ended the level and I had to restart. And I'm like, I didn't press, squ- I, was, I was on the helicopter. I just didn't press square to drop the dude. That sucks. So I was just like, F this. I'm not playing this anymore. But I still wanted to play a military shooter. So I downloaded Battlefield 4. Yeah. Which I haven't played a Battlefield game since probably Bad Company on the Xbox 360. And I completely forgot about how great these games are because all the envir- en- environments are destructible. Mm-hmm. So if you shoot at a building enough, the walls will just start crumbling. Yeah. And you can't hide in a building for long because a tank will find you and they'll blow that entire building to hell. So I played through the campaign on that on the hardest difficulty and it actually wasn't too challenging. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Some of the levels were pretty hard, but um, I like playing military shooters on the hardest difficulty because one, I'm kind of a trophy person. Yeah. I like unlocking trophies. So if you naturally, if you play on the harder difficulty, you get more trophies. Uh, but I also like that more realistic feeling because in real life, you can't get shot 30 times and just casually keep running. That is pretty true. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have nothing to report on other than the fact that it was a fun campaign, lasted about, I don't know, seven, eight hours. Worth, worth your time, time. Worth your money. Yeah, I think you can get it for about four bucks on PSN, so definitely well worth the investment. Good times. I also grabbed uh, new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe on Switch. Yes, you did. Which How's includes that? new Super Mario Brothers U and new Super Mario Brothers Luigi U on the, <laughs> the Wii U. The naming convention of those games are so screwed, but it's fun. It's a traditional 2D platformer. Uh, if you played new Super Mario Brothers on the Wii or the DS, yeah. you're going to feel right at home here. New levels, but kind of same old coat of paint. Nice. So... I suck at those games, by the way. Do you? But I do love playing them. Yeah, didn't you rage quit or something? Yeah, I beat the second level, and I'm like, nah, forget this. Is it really that hard? Not really. (laughs) 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 I'm just really bad at them. I prefer 3D Mario, but I'll get through. It's it's a game I've kind of been picking up and playing and watching Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, it's kind of like the Yoshi game. Yeah. Uh, But a game I started last night, put about an hour into it, Hollow Knight. Oh, nice. Wait, wait, wait. Before that, didn't you play a zombie game with puzzles and shit? Oh, zombie with two eyes. Yeah. Um, How was that? It's okay. It originally came out on the Wii U as a launch title, I believe, and it was later ported to PS4 and Xbox, I think. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's a first-person survival game where you start out in this warehouse-like almost seems like an underground subway is where you are. Okay. And you eventually get to this safe room and you pick up this device and some dude starts instructing you on where you need to go. And I didn't get far. I only played it for like 30 minutes, but mm. um, it plays very similar to Dying Light, your Dead Islands, first person hack and slash zombie game. But it's it's interesting in the fact that there's two modes. There's an adventure mode, which is... You can actually save your progress and whatever. Then there's survival mode. I haven't played survival mode, but what I, I've heard, it's a roguelike in the sense that you just try and get as far as you possibly can, but when you die, you lose everything and go back to the start. Yeah, that pissed me off. So maybe more on that in the future. I don't know. It was also super cheap, and I just wanted to download it for the sake of whatever. I have a bad problem, Ryan, of going on PSN Store. Oh, I know. And just downloading a bunch of 
shitty games that are like three bucks, like three dollars. So I downloaded oh, I this game called like Ginger and the Eternal Night or something like that. Yeah, how was that? Like the two frame rate that it got? <laughs> Some three D platformer collectathon that it's I like was just ploy. like, let's just give it, a, let's just give it a shot. But uh, yeah, more to report on these games later. Hollow Knight. Yes. So I started this, and of course Travis has been uh, egging me on for months to play this game. He's a very big fan, very vocal. He shared his thoughts on the podcast before, and of course it made his. Uh, top 10 for the past decade and rightfully so i played it for about an hour yesterday when i was cleaning and assembling these shelves i listened to the entirety of the soundtrack it's about an hour and six minutes of absolute brilliance really really good it has this odd sense and even playing the first opening moments of the game you literally just drop down this pit and you're just there yes and there's like no music playing and it's really creepy really eerie and it's not until you get to this next area that the opening music starts playing and it just has this crazy sense of unease. And it's very unsettling because as you're progressing this Metroidvania 2D environment, you really have no idea what's going to be in the next room. And it's at times terrifying because I got to this one section where there was this giant beetle looking dude with this, uh, this giant piece of wood that just whacked you and you have five little bars of health. My guess is as you progress through the game, you can eventually get more little bars of health. Yeah. But each time he hit you, you lost like three little bars. What's cool about this game though, is that as you kill the enemies wandering aimlessly around the different levels, you collect this substance, whatever it is. And you fill this little meter. And as you fill that meter, you can hold the circle button to regenerate that health. That's cool. So, that's kind of nice. And as you kill these enemies, you collect coins. And coins, I presume you use at a little merchant to buy upgrades and what have you. Yeah. The interesting about, thing about this game is it's very Dark Souls inspired in that when you do die, you lose all of the coins that you have. If you go back to where you died, there's a little silhouette uh, shadow of your former self Ooh. that tries to kill you. But if you kill that shadow you regain all the coins that you lost. Oh, that's an interesting take on it. So yeah, it's really cool that... Because in Dark Souls, I mean, of you course, haven't experienced it because you didn't die yet, but... No, I died. Uh-huh. Many times. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're just that good. Yeah, no, I suck. You read about it. But um, it's good. I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to playing more. This is definitely going to be the next game I play. Um, I'm also going to be playing, of course, Metal Gear Solid on the PS3. I'm probably going to start that later tonight or tomorrow. I'll be playing the two kind of simultaneously. Cool. So more about Hollow Knight next week. Early impressions. It's great. It's creepy. It's terrifying. The music's fantastic. Yeah. So good stuff. And those are the games we've been playing recently, Ryan. Yes. All right, Ryan. Like I said, I gave you reins to do whatever you wanted to. Bring whatever to the podcast that you want. So what do we got? Yeah, I didn't test. Are we good? We're good. Awesome. Okay, so this week, or you were on a podcast, right? I was. Thank you for reminding me. I was on the Tarkaron podcast. The link is in the show notes. It forever will be uh, to this podcast. So definitely check it out. I think Zach... I was on there with Zach and Chronolink91 Alec uh, Tuesday, I think. It was, yeah, we record on Tuesday. So we did two episodes, actually. One of which was talking about the Gentleman's Challenge, which I talked about in last week uh, last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of a summer be back challenge. Be friendly and, like and polite. And yes. Be all about... 
dining etiquette, you know, whole doors w- open, living in royalty, you know, just right. that, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, no, it's about challenging others to play a particular game based on your backlog of unplayed games. So we talked about that, and then we also talked about this. Let me go to Amazon real quick and pull up the actual name of the book. All right. They're hypothetical situations because the author hates um, small talk. And so he created this book called Hypotheticals, 50 Questions for Insane Conversation. Chuck Klosterman is the best-selling author of six nonfiction books, a bunch of books, seeing if there's an actual like description of this. Um but okay, so this is this is one of the uh, the reviews. They title it "Dumb, Offensive, Also Offensively Dumb." <laughs> it says these are awful. By the time you're one fourth of the way through reading one of these, everyone is scratching their heads trying to follow the sixteen part hypothetical that, by the end, is not really that clever or interesting. The author was way less interested in creating stimulating conversations, much more interested in being weird and shocking. And then there's one ones like. Again, after a million part, not interesting hypothetical, would you sleep with a homeless person to save blah, 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 shut up, Chuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you uh, go by Amazon reviews, maybe this isn't your thing. I actually found them to be quite engaging. I do get what that person's saying, though. Some of them were, it was paragraphs of information, and it gets to the point where it's like, what's, what's the question here? One of them, for example, was you have a best friend that you've known your entire life, but they for the entirety of their lives, they've been single. However, they meet this dude and they're, they feel really great about the person They're They think they're in love with the person, but then you find out that, that this guy, when he was a kid, 20 odd years ago, pushed his best, his best friend off of a bridge and they died. And he never told anyone about it. He realizes that he doesn't, he shouldn't have done it and he regrets doing it. What would your advice be to your friend that's dating this murderer? Yeah, so we want that book. Yeah, obviously. and so it's twelve dollars on Amazon. I'm gonna pick it up. Hopefully, the next podcast we can go through some of them. Yeah, so I was. That just sounds like a lot of fun. I like. I really enjoy the random questions and answering those. I think that's where we have the most amount of fun. So I'm gonna order this. Um, and Sandland, on the show <laughs> in Sandland, that uh, Kira Toriyama manga. Definitely pick that up, folks. Don't sleep on that. It's good stuff. All right. All right, Ryan. Well. To you. I don't I don't know what we're doing. So, so I just got a bunch of questions that we're gonna ask of Rusty because we care what Rusty has to say. Yeah, we do. So, first question. So they, these are specific to me. They're more like they're I guess wow, I can't form sentences. The order is basically like a serious question and then like a, a more fun question. Okay, that's cool. Let's do it. Okay. Uh when was the last time you tried something new? The last time is actually at Chipotle. Okay. I tried the green chili salsa. How was that? It was good. I actually thought the red salsa was not as spicy as the green. I thought the green was the hottest. Like the mild or yeah. medium or whatever? Well, so there's now. three different kinds. Well, there's actually like four. So you have the regular just general salsa. <laughs> That's red, but it's more just tomato-y. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not uh, liquidy. Yes. Right? So there's that, there's the green, it's kind of more liquidy, there's the red that's liquidy, and then there's corn salsa. Okay. So I went to Chipotle about a week ago, and I was like loaded up on that like watery- That green shit. Watery red one, Yeah. and my mouth was on fire. So I guess I tried two things this week, Ryan. I tried the red and the green salsa. Yeah, the red one's the hottest. Yeah, which, don't do that. 
I bathroom visits and a couple hours later are not fun. Yeah, so I just actually between I mean it's zero time for you guys, but we took a break for like an hour. And I went to Chipotle and got burritos, or not a burrito, a bowl. Yes. No rice with all my normal fixings and then a bag of chips and ate it like nachos at Rusty's advice. Bachelor pad. But yes, yes. at my advice. And how was that? Great. Isn't it amazing? And I'm full of shit. Dude, when <laughs> you... So full. When you, uh, when you do that, there's like no going back. No, it was really... I mean... It is a time investment because you do have to get like a separate plate, mix it around, and then you can chip it. You can't just eat a burrito on the co- in the car ride. Well, what you really got to do is get Tostitos multi-green uh, scoops. Yeah. And that's that's the deal, man. That's right the there, best. That is the bee's knees. Better than like the limey chips that they have? Yeah. 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 I mean, see, here's the problem with Chipotle's tortilla chips. I really like them. But more often than not, if you don't eat them like right after they bake them, they're stale. Oh. They go okay. stale real fast. Well, I went I got there at like eleven ten, so it was like right after they opened. Oh yeah. So it was good. Like it's prime if you could get the when in the chips, you still have there's like warmth to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm at the point where I have so much food in my stomach, I feel like that you know that like it's where it's coming up and you feel like you're gonna hurl. Oh yeah. But like I enjoyed every second of it, but yes. it's like the post like <laughs> kind of hate myself a little bit right it, now. Oh, it's very much a hatred yeah. of myself. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the past week that I tried that was new. I took a new route to work. <laughs> Living on the edge there. <laughs> Jeez. That's the excitement that Rusty has for this podcast. All right, what's the next question? I mean, you tried a new game. I tried a lot of new games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have so many random games from... All right, so... If you could live on any in any sitcom, what would it be? Any sitcom. Okay. Uh, can I pull up a list of sitcoms? Yeah, I'm I don't know what the difference between a sitcom and like a show is. Sitcom is like they have the laughing reel or whatever. Oh, so it's like Full House. Yeah. Screw Full House. Or Friends or Big Bang Theory, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, if I can do the office. I would definitely that, do, the do office. they have a laughing reel? They don't. I don't know if you can consider I, that I a traditional a show. sitcom. Yeah. But gosh, that 70s show. That would be a lot of fun. That would be one for sure. Okay. That or Fresh Prince. That's also a really good one. I'd be like the white nephew or something that somehow <laughs> came into the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you were adopted. Yeah. That'd be awesome. What's up, Will Smith? Uncle Phil, rest in peace. That would be good. All right, so the next one. Who do you compare yourself to? Uh, kind of a weird question. Yeah, I think daily at work, it's more like my, my coworkers, not in like a competitive sense, but just, you know, how can I aspire to be better? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more knowledgeable, how can I gain knowledge from them? Can I, how can I make just the opposite better? Uh, but in a, like in a, I guess, very ordinary sense in broader sense i guess life itself and who i compare myself to uh it's probably the people i spend my the most time with you i don't know you compare yourself to me yeah <laughs> i mean i can't grow a beard as well as you but that, that, okay that's true um no i think my dad's like one of my biggest role models so for i think so, i can definitely see that for so long i've adopted a lot of his mannerisms the way he communicates just him as a person so nice nice Next one. Let's see. 
What was in your high school locker? Oh, wait, hold on a second. Before I get to my uh, high school locker and my Mandy Moore posters, um, Travis just texted not actually, Travis just texted me because I, I said we were about halfway through yeah. recording. And he said, thanks. Looking forward to the choices for the would you rathers that he gave us. Yeah. And he said, ugh. Just stuff myself on a giant udon bowl. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, Travis. You're in good company. I feel here. your pain. Yeah. What did I have in my high school locker? See, I don't think I had like any posters or things like that. Yeah. I just like kept Pamela Anderson. Yeah. I mean, was she even a, she wasn't popular. She, she was, was old by the time. More nineties. We yeah. I feel like that was more popular when our parents were in high school. Yeah. Like I don't want to age our parents considerably, but I feel. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's just something you see in Freaks and Geeks and all these shows where, you know, Boy Meets World, where they make it look like you actually do that, but... I had a pile of books. Yeah. And myself. And I was in my own locker. Calculator. I mean, maybe the biggest thing was um, a Game Boy or something like that. Yeah, I ended up getting shoved into my locker. How could in, you fit? Uh, middle school by this girl. Like, because there were two sets of lockers. There was, like, one above and one below. Mm-hmm. And... There was a girl above me, and she just shoved me because she was a bully, like into my locker. Not like fully into my locker, like all of me. Hmm. But by high school, I was bigger than her, and she wasn't. She turned out to be a nice person. So I went up to her and punched her <laughs> yeah. right in the face. Yeah, like your dad to that one bully. Did I tell that on the podcast? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I told on the podcast. Oh, okay. So when my dad was in seventh <laughs> grade, uh, and by the way, my dad's actually a great person now. He doesn't punch random people. Yeah, that's but. what he compares himself because he's like Rusty's aspiring to beat up people. Yeah. So in seventh grade, uh, this bully got off the bus and he was a lot bigger than my dad, but he was two years older, I think. Two or three years older. He might have been a freshman in high school. My dad was in seventh grade. And he got off the bus, saw my dad and just tagged my dad right in the face. And my dad had a huge black eye as a result of it. Yeah. So when my dad was, I think, a sophomore in high school, and this guy was a senior, my dad was considerably larger than him, walked up to him at a party and said, do you remember me? And just bleat the holy hell out of him to the point where he was on the ground crying, asking my dad to stop. So That's awesome. Good on you, dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Way to turn the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. An eye for an eye makes the yeah. whole world blind, I think. <laughs> what was that? Something like that. There was actually the uh, Mexico president said something about like, do we really want to do an eye for an eye or a, uh, a tooth for a tooth? Because it really just leaves a bunch of blind people and people with crappy smiles. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was talking about tariffs, but whatever. Um, what's the most sensible thing you heard someone say? Sensible. Yes. What do you mean? Like reasonable is another word. Like kind of advice. Or things that you like resonated with you? Uh, I think there was... I had a professor once that said something like, now I realize it's not the circumstances of one's birth, it's what they choose to do with the gift of life that really matters. Didn't he grow a tail I think after he birth? did. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mewtwo, by the way. Yeah. He's the greatest. Yeah. He's my role model. You know what? It's actually NF. He just dropped some new music, uh, and it's called The Search. There's some it lyrics. is worth listening to. And I'm going to read some of the lyrics here. Because he does this thing at the, towards the end of the song where he's just talking, 
And hey guys, <laughs> it just it stops the beat. Hey guys, I just want to sit down and have a discussion. <laughs> so this is what he says. And but seriously though, listen to this song called it's "The amazing. Surge" by NF. He says, "Yeah, the sales can rise. Doesn't mean much though when your health declines. So we've all got something that we've trapped inside that we try to suffocate. You know, hoping it dies. Try to hold it underwater, but it always survives. Then it comes up out of nowhere like an evil surprise. Then it hovers over you to tell you millions of lies. You don't relate to that. Must not be as crazy as I am. The point of it." The point I'm making is the mind is a powerful place. Once you feed it, it can affect you in a powerful way. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, but it's not always safe. Just hang with me. This will only take a moment, okay? You just think about it for a second. If you look at your face, every day when you get up and you think you'll never be great, you'll never be great. Not because you're not, but the hate will always find a way to cut you up and murder your faith. Woo! And he goes on like a long rapping tirade. and it's It is very true. You are what you perceive yourself to be. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So, NF. Check him out. He's got some great music. He dropped three records in three years. He's dropping his fourth in a fifth, his fifth year in kind of the industry. Lauren and I saw him in concert two years for his uh, Perception album, and he was absolutely incredible. I mean, he's a lyrical genius. He talks incredibly is he, fast. Is he as good on in concert as he is? He doesn't skip. He doesn't miss a beat. I'm definitely game to see him. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw how fast he was yeah. rapping. And it's it's... There's some rappers, they talk so fast and nasally, you don't understand what they're saying. It's typically about sex and drugs and, you know, abusing women. Hookers and stuff. But NF never swears, super clean lyrics. And I think he, like, we were watching a reaction video. He actually tells stories and he wears his life on his sleeves. Which is cool. Yeah. So he's a really great rapper. Yeah. Buy me a ticket. I will. I'll buy, I'll order tickets tonight. No, it was the other night, I think it was Thursday, I had a crazy presentation in the morning and rusty texts me at like 10 30 he's like hey man uh nf tickets they're like 42 bucks yeah if you want <laughs> i respond which is out of contact or like uh out of the contrary at 10 30 at night on a thursday and uh, i was like yeah i'm actually listening to this song breeding pokemon <laughs> well, yeah you respond and i'm like whoa you're still awake I yeah because like, lauren went to bed like three hours before I that know. and uh yeah i was awake Breeding some Greninjas. Good stuff. All right. So if you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be and why? Using my phone as much. Really? Yeah. Just social media. Yeah. Social media. It's reasonable. Mine's probably work, but. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I spend like 80% of my life. It really is. That's such a depressing number. Lauren? Is she not on a plane? Uh... No, I think it was just more the tariff conversation between oh. parents. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That is good news. Hey, no tariffs on Mexico. It's probably going to be uh, old oh, no. news. Your mom sent a picture remembering former first lady Barbara Bush, Barbara Bush, who was born on this day in 1925. Oh, cool. Shout out to Barbara Bush, our number one fan. <laughs> 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 Thanks for enjoying the otaku life. Yeah, you go, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see what's get what gets you excited about life hmm that's a kind of a deep question yeah we want the star method in your response <laughs> <laughs> no i think uh it's a hard question i saw this i was like what the hell gets me excited about life this could go a million different directions i, I think i very much like this podcast is kind of a representation of that. I like entertaining people, making people happy. N- not so much, but kind of, sort of. 
a people pleaser mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like going to work and making people laugh, making conversations with people that I wouldn't otherwise talk to, making people feel comfortable. Cool. That's a good answer. You're not a dick. Yeah. What truck or car do you have right now? Truck or card? Truck or car. Like vehicle. Oh, what, I have what's your a current vehicle? 2017 Honda Civic. Nice. I, uh, I approve. Uh, actually, I went into... I was driving, I think, a 2018 Civic this week. Nice. Because I went in for an oil change, and they're like, okay, you can have an oil change. I wanted them to tra- change my back light because I already had a bulb, and I just can't couldn't get the little thing out. They're like, oh, hey, your radiator is about to explode. What? Because it was leaking profusely, and um, your battery's dying. And I was like, well, that explains why, like, when I went to turn on my car, it didn't already start away all the time, uh-huh. and then how it, like jolted when i was going on the highway and i was like yeah okay I'll, I'll probably fix that so for two days i got to drive a civic or a 2018 have you ever driven my civic no okay how did it feel i mean you've been in my car well it's a, it's the same build it is yeah. so the 18 they didn't change a whole lot um they change a bit between the two model years but it's not like a full model change okay so there's yeah every so off every so many years getting like super in depth that they change it's the entire body style okay usually it's like lights and we like the you uh, have a civic yes yeah, i have a 2009 and your design is like significantly different than, than mine two full model changes the last full model change or like the giant upgrade was the 16 mm-hmm. where you get the 16 17 18 yeah cool cool all right the next one uh what do you or what did you do that you did more five years than four? What I did f- not frame this question well. Uh, what do you... What do I do more now that I didn't do five years ago? Yeah, I left out like half those words. What did you do more than you did five years ago? So it's, it's what I do more currently than I did... Yes. I think spending time with Lauren and other people. <laughs> okay, that's a cover. Besides Lauren, who wasn't in your life five years ago. No, I mean, yeah. I think just it, spending time with people, because five years ago I was in college and studying for... I guess five years ago I wasn't studying for the CPA exam, because I passed it last year. Five years ago would have been 2014. I would have finished my first internship in Northern Ariador already at this point. Yeah. year removed from that. I hadn't... So I was my... Junior year of college. Yeah, I think just this is very bland and not exciting at all. Hang out with friends more because one of my biggest regrets of, in college was not hanging out with people enough. Mm-hmm. I just spent too much time studying. Uh, so, yeah, I do a lot more hang out with people and just, I don't know, Lauren's changed me pretty significantly as far as my black and white thinking of life. So I just enjoy life more. Cool. That's a good answer. Glad you're enjoying life more. (laughs) What's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning? Gosh, not another day. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still here. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, usually it's okay. What am I going to wear to work? Oh, I guess you have that problem. Yeah. (laughs) You wear a uniform every day. So, yeah, for me, it's... What am I going to wear? Nothing crazy. Not, not how am I going to save the world today from how plastic bottles? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. The Pacific uh, garbage patch. How do we deal with that? Yeah. Which is a serious, crazy problem. Yeah. I've seen, like, recent, I watch videos about it, and it's disgusting. Yeah. 
as I'm drinking a Powerade out of a plastic <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Inconsiderate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like the amount of money that they did to um, re-renovate the cathedral that just burned down, mm-hmm. um, Notre Dame, would be enough to help deal with or basically get rid of that garbage patch. Really? Yeah. So do we really give a shit about a cathedral versus a giant half garbage our, patch? Not half, but like a significant portion of our sea life just dying and getting caught in mm-hmm. plastic. It's so sad. Something to think about, guys. Yeah. Welcome to the de- the depressing podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what can you do today that you couldn't do a year ago? Hmm. Talk to you for extended periods of time, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, we weren't really friends a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do today that I couldn't do a year ago? Rent a car? Or, uh, yeah, rent a car. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need to be like, what, 25 to do that? 25, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like I can play guitar or piano or, you know, yeah, a harp or anything like that. Because that takes commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What can you do now that you couldn't do a year ago? I was thinking about that. Um, I could say I've got darker circles. Yeah. What have I done in the last year? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> And then you get down a totally different rabbit hole. You're like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Which usually like happens like 15 minutes into my day after, oh shit, I'm awake to like... The tariff situation's going nuts. I'm, that, that made my day. No Mexico tariffs for a while. All right. Um, what childish things do you still do as an adult? I want to, like, the first thing that came to my mind is video games, but I don't think video games are childish. I think it's one of the most stimulating ways to... It's a form of media. People can pers- or go through media passively or actively, and we choose to do it actively. Yeah, we do. So piss off, people who just sit back and watch TV. You unstimulated pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what Ryan said. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Eat a dick and die. <laughs> I don't give a crap about your football or your 70s show or the office Jim and Pam relationships. <laughs> I don't even care. You ever pick up a Leviathan axe and shove it in a troll's face? I have. <laughs> this is why we need to do the ranting, raving Ryan segment. It's just, that's get- such a stupid argument. And now that it's a mental illness... I will say that my the number of hours I've put into Ruby version may be a mental illness. <laughs> we should probably talk about that in your next therapy session. Yeah, right? but piss off. Yeah. What Global was the Health again? Organization. What can you do, or childish things you do? Oh. I, I don't make my bed, because it makes no sense. Like, why would I put in the energy when I'm going to screw it up 12 hours later? Or mm-hmm. like 16 hours later? That's fair. I don't make it before work, but typically I come home, I make it before Lauren comes in the door. Why? I don't know. I just, it's a, I like, it's a cleanliness thing. When I, when I leave for work, I know no one's going to be around for that time period. Yeah. And the toys do come alive when we leave. But That's true. Beyond that, the toy store didn't teach us anything. They're not affected by it much. I don't know. It's, it's more probably of an OCD thing. Okay. I just, cleanliness is friendliness. Oh. Something like that. Care Bears now? <laughs> Love is a four-letter word. I don't know. It just makes me happy. Cool. Um, childish things. Childish things. I watch cartoons. 
That's fair. Like, you know, I still have my Hey Arnold and the Wild Thornberries <laughs> over there. Pokemon stuffed animals all around your place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at all these, like, little pop figures and stuff like that. I guess most of this could be considered childish. Dude, my life is basically... Yeah. Watching Disney movies all the time. Yeah, I mean, come on now. That's fair. Is crying a sign of weakness? No, I think men should be able to cry, and if they don't, then they need to take off their freaking... Quit being a bitch and cry! (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's... The world is incredibly lacking of sensitive and vulnerable men. And I think vulnerability is a sign of extreme strength in a man. And honestly, I think that was probably, I'm not going to speak on her behalf, but it was probably one of the things that Lauren found most attractive about me is that I was a very vulnerable, sensitive, honest person. I thought it was your short hair. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) my baldness. Yeah. But no, I th- it's someone who understands their emotions opposed to hides them. Yeah, because I think everyone f- everyone feels, right? And everyone... Unless will, you're two types of people, a sociopath or a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's important to reveal those emotions because if you don't, you're either going to be putting them elsewhere and trying to find the answers at the bottom of a bottle or you're going to be suppressing your, your feelings that will inevitably bottle up and explode at some point in your life and my guess is you're probably not going to be the only person that's affected by that explosion of emotions. That's true. So yeah. let emotional, it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emotional intelligence is a good trait. Uh, would you rather hit a treadmill or hit a couch? One is a softer surface. Hit it like with like my punch it or yeah, punch a. Would you rather punch a treadmill or a couch? <laughs> a couch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Would you rather run on a treadmill or sit on a couch? Oh, like. Spending your time kind of thing. If my knees weren't screwed, yeah, then I actually used to love running on a treadmill. Did you? Yeah, when I was like, you know, malnourished and not eating stuff. Can you ever recover your knees? I don't... Or is it just... Is it... I'm going to meet with our doctor and I want to get a MRI and figure out the actual damage that I've done to my tissue. Maybe pick up swimming. Yeah. Swimming is like a low joint, low resistance kind of thing. Yeah, so... I'll teach you how to swim, bro. I actually taught swim lessons to little kids back in the day when I was a lifeguard. So I'll teach you how to, you can go through it from level one to a level 10. First stage, blowing bubbles underwater. Hell I yeah. can teach you and then we can do some streamlined kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it, man. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah. So if we start lifting together, leg day is just not going to happen. Okay. When I, do, we, when I do legs, I have to use bands and do just a bunch of band work. That's fair. So it's more, yeah, it's less pressure on my So joints. like what about back stuff? Does oh, yeah. your spine work? Yeah, my, my spine works. Cool. Back and shoulders is my favorite thing to lift. Okay. So can you do deadlifts? That's no. There's some knee activation. Yeah, there's too much there. Because like when I bend over, my knees just start like shaking, and they mm-hmm. it hurts so badly. Okay. So probably a negative on that. That's fair. What was the question? Uh, oh, tre- treadmill. Trailer or couch. Yeah. So when I was like you know starving for food, I used to pretend that there was a full rack of ribs and French fries at the end of the treadmill. So I'd run as fast as I freaking could to try and get to it, but I never actually ate it. You're like one of those dogs that you attach like a stick with a carrot on the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, But ribs and fries are great. Yeah, it's been... I still, since all that stuff happened, have not eaten ribs. Dude, we need to get fucking ribs. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I had a full rack of ribs before I came over last weekend. What yeah. the hell are you doing? I know. I've been meaning... I wanted it to okay, be Okay, tomorrow. A special What are you occasion? doing tomorrow? That's bullshit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. 
That pisses me off. All right. We're getting freaking ribs tomorrow. Yeah, dude. It hurts me just as much as it hurts you. Trust yeah. me. All right. Ribs. We'll do it. Okay. 12 o'clock. What are you doing? Uh, are you I'm going just, to church tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I'm just meal prepping after church tomorrow. Okay. Well, meal prep starts with ribs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Bullshit. All right. Um, what's the difference? What's the difference between living and existing? I think existing is you staying at your current job, and living is me being in my current role and starting a podcast and enjoying life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop for personal ad hominem attacks. All right, I see how it is. Yeah, but I fear for real though. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think the difference is uh, live or existing is just the the status of being alive. Living is the active interaction with life. Yeah. But yeah, your answer is correct <laughs> based off of my definitions. Yeah. Um If you were a type of gene, what would you be? Like genes. Uh Oh. Fem Trooper. I don't know if she's listening to the podcast page. Hey. She saw my shelf and said you need the other volume of DuckTales. I don't think she can see that I have all three on the shelf there. Page, so don't worry i'll send you a photo after you record uh what kind of gene like genes like probably denim they're all freaking denim what are you jeggings L- levi jeans i don't know hollister wait you meant- whitewashed holy oh you dark jeans i'm probably whitewashed i'm dark in brooding l- little uh <laughs> <laughs> dark jeans some holes in the knees, just a little bit, and not skinny jeans, but little slim fit. See, I, I want my thighs to breathe, bro. I want to accentuate my ass. Well, I, I don't have a thigh gap, so... <laughs> <laughs> All I want is a thigh gap. <laughs> don't we all, Ryan? Yeah. So I got three reasons from a genie, two of them would be a thigh gap, <laughs> so... <laughs> Will Smith, are you out there? <laughs> it's me. I want a thigh gap. Um, yeah, actually, in high school, I was debating getting white jeans, but I realized that it's kind of for like a man whore. Man whores wear white jeans. Yeah. It's generally one of their attributes. I think so. Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, there's like a, not like an Abercrombie and Fitch or a Hollister. There was another one, Express. Mm. Express was like this kind of a preppier, like a douchier. And that's where Tim went to get his jeans, and he had white jeans, and he was kind of a man whore in college. You're like $185 at Express. Yeah, and I was like, hey, man, can you teach me how to be a man whore? <laughs> I need white jeans. <laughs> I was extremely unsuccessful because I am undriven. Yes. And nor did I ever get the jeans. I just I thought about it for a day, and I was like, this is way too much work. I uh, I have a really nice pair of dark jeans from Hollister, but I got them from TJ Maxx for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, get go to like the closet of Play-Doh, and you can get a bunch of different. Yeah, like, I love off. getting that secondhand stuff or the overstock of a store, and yeah. ends up just being like. I love my jeans smelling like urine. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Ryan. Me too. Yeah, it's a great characteristic. Almost smells like Hollister. Um. What activities did you lose track of over time? Uh, what is... I don't... What, what is, I don't get it. What activities have you lost or you have kind of not done as much as time has passed? 
Okay. This is horrible, but I think being... A uh, good human being. <laughs> no. Uh, consistently reaching out to family. Like, my grandma, I should probably call her because she lives alone. She lives with a cat. And I used to call her, like, once every two weeks when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And now I don't call her at all. That's fair. Except on birthdays. I call my dad every day after work. I should probably call my mom more often. So I think just making sure I'm in touch with my family, which isn't always the easiest thing. Life gets in the way, but there's nothing keeping me from right now from doing that. So that's I need, fair. I need to just do it. So then on a lighter note, what activities make you lose track of time? Video games is a big one. Yeah. Binging sure. TV shows. <laughs> Do you still want to... Are you still there? Yeah. Are you still watching? It's like six episodes later. Netflix. The soul-crushing yeah, you're like, question from Netflix. Yeah, it's like, aw. Yeah. Are you Are you a loser? Uh, social media. I mean, it's just gross. Yeah, like Ricardo memes. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to see a brilliant male stripper, look up Ricardo Milos. Yeah, I spent a few hours there. <laughs> no, he... I. Actually, I'll just let you guys look at that one. Yeah. It's worth seeing all of that public. Dad actually found it funny. We were at the gym, like, doing chest day yesterday, and I was like, hey, Dad, you Rusty finds it funny that I crack up at this Ricardo male stripper meme. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, a meme, just like kind of a constantly used video, here is Ricardo. And it's just like him looking away and then looking back at the camera, and he's just like, he's just cracking up. He's like... What is wrong with you? Yeah, like, a lot of things. You're showing your dad a male stripper that you consistently watch videos on. Yep. So I subscribed to his YouTube video. All right. Um, what do you look for in a friend? And this is the last one. Honesty. I think anyone that can be brutally honest with you, especially when you, meaning like me, Mm-hmm. is doing something I know I shouldn't be doing, but I continue doing it, and that person calls me out on it. Yeah. I think that sense of transparency and not... Like, the one thing that will ruin any relationship with me, and I'm letting anyone know now because it pisses me off, is passive aggressiveness. I don't have <laughs> any patience for it. Yeah. So, when... It reminds me of that text message stream that you showed me when we were at the lawyers. Of just, oh. like, text and passive aggressiveness. Yeah, Dylan and his girlfriend. Yeah. He broke up with her, by the way. Yes! Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then she showed up to his place, like, the next day at 1 o'clock in the morning and was, like, asking for forgiveness and second chances. And Dude, that's good. Good put, for him. He put the hammer down, so that's good. Good job, Dylan. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, my sister's super passive aggressive. God love her, but she sometimes just drives me up a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think... Those, I mean, a good sense of humor, I can really appreciate that in a friend. And, uh, I mean, selfishly, I, I like people that enjoy the same things I do. Yeah. And also can lead me on into other things like music and games or movies or what have you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but honesty, I mean, loyalty is a little bit weirder of a word, but honesty, I think, is probably the biggest one. Yeah. I like people that are humble yeah. and intelligent. It's, Long-term, people should challenge you. Yes. So intelligence is kind of required for that. Yeah. I think, yeah, humble is a really big big one. Just You can really tell between genuine and fake people really fast. Yeah. And, yeah, so. Cool. 
Yeah, so that's everything I had. Just those were good. I liked the uh, rapid fire question. Yeah, idea. I, think, I find those pretty entertaining. Yeah, good stuff. Well, that's an episode. I think we're just under two hours here. Uh, we've got some EA E3 related things. I think to maybe catch up on later today. We're gonna play some Demon Souls. We're gonna do all kinds of fun th- things. Yeah. So we'll uh, be back next week. I know I've been promising this for a long time. That I'm going to be doing Rusty's retro recommendation. And mail out that thing to Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, so both of those things will happen. <laughs> Just like everyone thought Travis was a fake person, but hey, if Taco Brothers is anything, it's honest. And we are true to our word. So, <laughs> yeah, if th- not 40 episodes <laughs> later. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't make promises you can't keep, Rusty. And listen, I'm always true to my promises. So things will happen, it's just a matter of when. Which, okay, see you at episode 147, Grant. We already locked it on your calendar. <laughs> but uh, we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Again, check out the Tarkaround podcast. I was a guest on. By the time this is up, those should be up on YouTube. Links in the show notes below. Ryan will be back next week with Rossi's Retro, retro Recommendation. Yep, that's and, a segment. Uh, 50... Uh, <laughs> hypotheticals i'm not saying that wrong that's the name of the book so uh should be fun stuff yeah it'll be a good time you can write into the show at who talk about this podcast at gmail.com like executive producer of the show travis did today you can follow me on instagram and twitter re lewis 2011 updates about the show when the show's going out if there's any delays the whole nine and i also put out the instagram query every friday night before we record so ryan any parting words before we go Uh, Have a good week. Prepare for uh, Pokemon, hopefully Animal Crossing information, and the depressing news that the new Star Wars game is rated D. For everyone. Go read that Dragon Ball manga, Ryan. Oh, I shall. All right. Later, folks. See ya.